Hi folks, welcome to our Jet Centra podcast. I'm uh, Free Press Sports Editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual, our weekly podcast here now, by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. This is episode 19, Mike. Uh, Last one of the teens, yep. We're, we're, what's that? I guess we're an adult now. Our podcast is officially an adult. I guess as of last week, right? We turned 18. I guess so. Um, yeah, I thought I was an adult when I was 18 and 19. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, so when, in 19, what, our podcast could now legally, what, drink in Ontario? Is that the is that the age in Ontario? I'm not sure. I think it used to, in my day, it was 19 in Ontario and 18 here. Yeah, I think that's still true. 21 in the States, so we got a couple more weeks before we're, we're legal down south. But Is it uh, 21 everywhere now? I, I thought they maybe changed some states down there or something. But I hope so, and that's why, uh, of course, North Dakotans often come up to Manitoba. Well, not now, of course, with the border. Uh, but, uh, yeah, North Dakota college students, they love being close to Manitoba, don't they? Given the three-year difference. I'll tell you a quick story. I was down in the, the Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, having a few drinks at a place called Whitey's. Yeah. Back in the day, this was a popular spot that Winnipeggers would go to when they were um, going down to North Dakota to drink for whatever reason. It was cheaper. I was going to uh, say the dollar was probably a little better then, right? It was. And liquor was cheaper. And they poured free at. Um, so these were all good things and reasons to go to Grand Forks. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm in there and this guy's chatting. He says, oh, you're from Winnipeg. He says, he says oh, what do you guys do up there? Spoken <laughs> <laughs> to me like he was somebody from a really big city chatting with somebody from Winnipeg in a really small city. Anyways, I'm not sure why I thought of that, but let's, if, let's move on from that. Well, I just before you do, I have a, a similar story. We were in Fargo for one of my son's hockey tournaments. This would have been about six years ago and it was it was in like late november to my wife when do you folks in canada celebrate christmas <laughs> and my and my wife said she's quite funny she said well our jesus was born the same time as your jesus <laughs> um now i get why there might have been confusion they're thinking Thanksgiving and of course ours and theirs is different, but Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show you're a couple hours away. It felt like you were an entire world away at that point. Yeah, I'm not sure we have any listeners in North Dakota, so I'm not too worried about offending anybody. But uh, <laughs> um, the times that I'd be down there, there seemed to be a real ignorance of Canada and the fact that I mean, I think they thought that we were all Mounties and wrestled. <laughs> wrestled polar bears, you know what I mean? Lived in igloos, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess that that's not abnormal. Uh, That's not just what I found that in America in general, that they're somewhat myopic on their uh, knowledge of uh, other people's histories. That, that, and they like like to pour melted cheese on everything. Yeah, sure. So, um, speaking of America, um, uh, yesterday... Uh, the governor is what happened in Arizona. So in Arizona, they are open for business. Uh, Florida, they're open for business. Um, They're setting up, I guess, as the home of sports. They say that they're almost welcoming professional sports. Um, There's been a lot of return to play chat. Um, There continues to be lots of return to play chat 
Mike, uh, Gary Bettman was named Tuesday. He believes the season will be finished. Um, the return to play committee met again yesterday. Uh, perhaps things should start to happen soon. Yeah. Regards to some sort of news. I did read. I'm not sure why I thought maybe there might be some information in this story. I read this morning by Pierre Lebrun on the athletic. There was a significant story, I guess with Bill Daly, but it said absolutely nothing. Yes. Uh, there's no details on when there's no details on where, and, and there's very, very sketchy details on how, uh, for sure, the return to play is going to happen, and people are starting to get athletes, in particular, in other sports. Anyways, are starting to get frustrated by this, and if they're not telling the athletes, they're not telling the media, they're not telling the athletes, they're not telling the general public. It's like it's state secrets, Mike. It really is, and uh, you know, I don't know if you saw Steve out of the NBA yesterday. There was some news about I think a board of governors call involved in the NBA where. One of their top reporters that covers the league, uh, I always mispronounce his last name, uh, Adrian Wojnarski. Um, he breaks all the NBA news. But he said, he said that, uh, and this was a little alarming actually, that one of the t- big takeaways from the NBA meeting was that uh, that they're optimistic, but that players and teams are going to have to get used to, or have to get comfortable with, that's the terminology that was used, with the idea that some people are going to get infected. And a lot of people went, wait, what? This is like owners are basically telling the some of you are probably going to get sick, die. Uh, hopefully you won't get loved ones or people you may come into contact that can't kill them. But you're just going to have to get comfortable with that. And I think that terminology... Uh, is a bit alarming, and I suspect we're going to hear something similar for all leagues. I mean, going to be the reality that that players may get sick. Uh, I, I look at this past weekend, the UFC, Dana White, they had an event. I think there were three fighters, Steve, who were scheduled to fight who got pulled at the last minute because they have COVID. Um, and this is a combat sport where you can imagine what kind of uh, you know spread could happen very quickly. So. I guess that's that's one of the the issues of how that is going to have to get worked out here. And will players ultimately sign off on something where everybody seems to be suggesting that there's probably going to be some infection happen among them? Is that something they're comfortable with? Let alone being separated probably from their families for extended periods of time. Well, I, I'm not that there is that message out there. I'm not sure that's much different of a message than the general population is getting on their return to work uh, scenarios. I think that in general, the message out there is that that we're going to have to learn to live with COVID um, and whatever that looks like until there's a vaccine. Um, there is going to be a potential that if the economy in the world opens its doors again, that there's going to be an increase in infections. I think that governments are in general trying to 
put in guidelines that will limit that um, effect. And um, I would imagine that sports are doing the same, but we don't know because they're not really sane. And they seem to be... The other thing is that with the sports is that a lot of this... There's going to be way more contact than it is of me going to Polo Park or somebody working at Harry Rosen at Polo Park. Do you know what I mean? You did say, like, you know, is this is sports essential? Is this is this all worth it? Yeah. And, and I've read a number of articles and different people weighing in on that. And there obviously different people have different opinions on that as to whether any of this is worth the risk. And lots of fans want to see it again. And you know, they want some sort of, they want something to watch on television other than Netflix, I guess. But, you know, I'm starting to, listen, I've made my entire living as an adult, pretty much, um, in the sports business as a, as a sports journalist. And so, you know, I like the idea that it would return. I'm fascinated by the story of how that would all look. Yeah. But, but I'm also kind of like, you know, not against the idea that we would just take a time out either. You know, it's interesting. Steve Angus Reid, which is a, uh, a big pollster in this country, they came out with results of a, of a survey they did. I think some 1,600 Canadians were surveyed. And to be clear, these were not just 1,600 sports fans. This was just a random survey, 1,600 men and women of all ages, of all political you know stripes. Um, and I, I found the results kind of interesting that I believe the number was 88% of, of all respondents, and presumably there's some non-sports fans that were in that group, uh, say that they would absolutely tune in, even if it was empty rink, empty stadium games, that, that they would tune in. Some were more excited than others. Um, but the fact that 88% said yes, they, they would uh, watch, I mean, that's got to be something that leagues across North America kind of perked up at that result, right? Because they probably will have a, an audience, even if people say, ah, I can live without it. The fact is, if it's on and presented in, in some fashion, I suspect people will tune in. I, I, I have no doubt that people will tune in, tune in, tune in without stuff getting out. Um, even just for the novelty of it, just out of curiosity. Right. But I don't, I don't, I still don't know whether that makes the risk worth it but i guess you know the only way we're ever going to find out i guess is for it to go ahead and then you know if it if it just causes a lot of people to get sick and you know i hope that they would then shut that down but right. um, yeah you know everything is trial and error with well, this, you know and so i don't think it's any different in sports than it is in Brent Rusin deciding, Dr. Brent Rusin deciding when we're going to open barbershops. So um, it's all it's all uncharted territory, so we'll see how that goes. It is, and just to go back full circle to what we started with, as you say, Florida, Arizona seem to be setting themselves up, at least their governors, as the place that will welcome sports back in some fashion with open arms. And I think that gives, uh, that gives a clear path potentially to sports leagues like MLB, the NBA, and even the NHL to have a place that they could go and, and be welcome. 
Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Center podcast. Mike, we talked a lot in the first period about, you know, the potential return to play, and that's a conversation you and I and a lot of people are having. Uh, one thing that, you know, we don't know really how it's going to go. We don't really know where it's going to go. There has been some information leaked out a little bit. Um, we don't know how true it is, but anyways, let's just touch on it about what hockey might look like if it returns. And, and a few things we heard this week is that they're going to ban spitting. Oh, God. Spitting is going to be out of sports. I'm not sure how this is going to play out. It's going to be very interesting to see this. There will be no post-whistle scrums where you're rubbing your mitts or your gloves in your opponent's faces. Potentially, coaches are going to have to wear, uh, like, a mask, a PPE almost on the on the bench. Um, I mean, there's just so much <laughs> body fluids that fly around during a sporting event, uh, hockey in particular, football. Um, it's it's good. It, it it could really I, it could really change the game in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm not sure. That, do you think taking spitting out of the game is a good thing? I mean, really, come on now. Well, I, I think it is a good thing. I just don't know how you actually police it. Is there going to be a new penalty for spitting? Um, I'm not sure. Two minutes for hawking a loogie. Will that be? A, will that be a new penalty? <laughs> and like, if it's if it's if it's sprayed, if it's especially sort of voluminous, would that be a double minor or even a major? Um, would you Would you like to hear an interesting fact from your producer? I sure. Hello, yes. <laughs> um, so Winnipeg has a spitting bylaw, which I think was has been made fun of many times. Um, it's technically you can't spit on the ground in Winnipeg, and that bylaw right. dates back to the Spanish flu. Really? Yes. Didn't know that. Yeah. I was Jen, Jen is I was bringing the bringing the information. Yeah. <laughs> now, has ever been the? Uh, I was googling the bylaw, spitting bylaw yesterday because I was out for a bike ride uh, last night. It was a nice night, unlike today. And um, a couple of times during my bike ride, I confess right now, I spit. Uh, (laughs) I later told somebody that I did that and they were all over me about it, that there's no spitting allowed. I thought maybe I had missed a new rule, uh, but then did find out that there is a bylaw it's, it's it's apparently you're not allowed to spit on the sidewalk, um, but um, it's not enforced. But I, I might have to watch this. I, I probably shouldn't be spitting even if I'm on a bike ride, maybe. Well, and I imagine, yeah, there'd have to be some relaxation of it because if spitting is an offense, I'd say there's approximately 10,000 violations every Winnipeg Gold Ice game at Shaw Park, Steve. Well, I, I, I think it's more public spitting than Okay. Players, yeah, I think players are allowed to spit. But yeah, baseball, the whole idea of no spitting in baseball, um, it just seems weird, doesn't it? I mean, these guys are they're constantly spitting. I think that I think I developed the habit. I'll admit it right here. I am occasionally a spitter. I don't do it at home or in my office, but outside, playing sporting events, golf, yeah. or whatever I'm doing. I think that growing up, watching all those spitters, particularly baseball players. I loved watching baseball as a kid. Um, it's it's a it's kind of a bad habit. It is. So it's, but, it's, 
do you break it? Like you just stop, right? You know what I mean? But how does a how do these athletes stop? I mean, it's something that they've been doing. Just you do it kind of like but unconsciously, subconsciously. Yeah, <laughs> that's the right term for it. And so they'll just be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, imagine the spinning aside. Imagine playoff hockey, Steve, with no post whistle scrums allowed. Like that's well, that would that's fifty percent of playoff hockey. Yeah, that's lame. Like that, that, you know, there's nothing. There's probably nothing I despise more about hockey than the post game uh, face washing. Uh, can I say bullshit? Yeah, I can say bullshit. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 so childish. It just, I mean, like why? Where does that come from? That I, after the whistle, I'm going to rub my glove in your face and then the I'm going to rub glove. back. And, and it's just like, oh my god! Like, how old? Well, how how old are these boys? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes back, I guess, to the, the the concept of sports. Part of sports is about intimidation. I don't know. Is that really intimidating when guys are getting their little shots in after the whistle? But there's no no question that the rules get relaxed in the playoffs, and and officials call things differently, which almost encourages that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, Everybody has their pound of flesh, but yeah, I mean, it would be it would be something to see. Imagine Paul Maurice having to wear a mask behind the bench, uh, and and then trying to voice his displeasure with an official uh, with a mask over his mouth. Um, yeah, these are I guess concepts that are out there that some health officials have suggested could be ways of of potentially curbing the situation. I see Bill Daly though yesterday. Steve did say. Uh, well, he appreciates some of those suggestions. He doesn't see, if hockey returns, he doesn't see the need to really make major changes in, in the in-game operations, I guess. So whether or not any of that would actually happen, I guess, is is up for debate. But, um, you know, there's there's no doubt uh, there's going to have to be rigorous testing, and that's, I think, part of the holdup here. And maybe why we haven't heard detailed news just yet Leagues are still trying to figure out how often would players be tested, you know, what kind of monitoring would take place, how well would they be insulated from the greater community, and these are obviously things that are going to have to get sorted out, and when you hear about some states that still don't have nearly enough testing going on, is there a concern, Steve, that sports teams, you know, jump the queue? We've seen that happen before with things like MRIs, right? Should sports teams be hoarding some of these valuable tests. Yeah, lots of, there are a number of athletes, in particular Sean Doolittle of the Washington Nationals. Uh, for those of you who don't know Sean, he's a really thoughtful and well-spoken uh, baseball player of the world champion Nationals. And he brought up a number of things on Monday as it relates to, um, you know, going back to work. And, and one of the things he was very clear on is that he doesn't want to be involved in a situation where he, as an athlete, is jumping the queue uh, as for, and taking tests away from people who need them. Yeah, and, and good on him for saying that. Um, there may be other athletes who feel the same way, but maybe don't have the courage uh, to say that publicly. But Sean Doolittle is a guy who, uh, he's usually pretty blunt, and it's one of the reasons... I always enjoy following him. He kind of he speaks what's on his mind, and and usually what's on his mind is is pretty solid. So that's going to 
have to be an issue for sure that gets addressed. Uh, and you still have, you know, huge numbers of infections and deaths in some of these U.S. states, including many that house professional sports teams like New York. Uh, I just wonder about the optics of it all, which, which again takes us back to that initial talk of how essential is this and is there a way to get around all of this and, and kind of please everybody. I don't know if, if there is a perfect solution here. Like you said, Steve, a lot of this is going to be trial and error. Um, but I do expect that you know we're getting close to a point now where you're going to have to fish or cut bait. Either announce that it's done and it doesn't seem like we're going in that direction. So if we're not, announce what it's going to look like to come back. And we saw Major League Baseball this week. They put a detailed proposal to players where the season would start around July 4th and it'd be a, a half season. They'd be playing within their own division and their own geographical area. The DH would be present in both leagues. So they would be changing some things. Um, the PGA Tour, it's coming back in mid-June. Uh, the NBA is working towards that. They've opened some facilities. We may see that happen soon with the NHL. Uh, I wrote my piece the other day to quote the great Bob Cole. Everything is happening, or at least starting to happen. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Center podcast on Friday um, after about a week of, um, oh, just being bothered by a bit of a sore throat. Um I decided that I was going to call health links and just check as to what I should, you know, maybe do about this. And man, I, I answered every single question. No, on the uh, quiz that they give you uh, the COVID quiz, except for the fact that I had a little tickle in the back of my throat and they basically compelled me to go for a COVID test. So as you know, as I was driving to it, I was chatting with you. Um, I drove to and, and got my, uh, COVID-19 test at an MPI, um, I felt like I was pulling in for a uh, an assessment. You know, you pull in with, you do, you get in line just like you did, you know, when you have a car accident, and then you go in and you pull into one of those stalls that you have to, and then the nurses uh, come out and um, they take your information, and then they uh, one of the other, the, the nurse with the swab comes, and she gives you the test, and um and then you're on your way, and uh, this was Friday morning, and then by Sunday morning, I had the result back that it was negative, and so um, I'm good to go. I think it's just seasonal allergies right. um, um, that are kind of either sore throat, but that's one of the symptoms. And but it was a it was a um, it was a fascinating uh, it was a fascinating process. Um, um, it was a little painful having that thing stuck up your nose. Oh, so, how big was the swab first? How big was the swab, Steve? Like, is this just a standard size swab, or was it bigger than usual? Nah, it's just a standard size swab. I mean, it was a smaller than usual. I think it wasn't. It was smaller than a Q-tip. Let's say. Let me put it to you that way. Um, and uh, it was on this. It's. It's. Um, but you look forward. You're looking forward. You're sitting in your car. She reaches in and she tells you exactly what she's doing. I had a great. Uh, they're probably a lot better at it now than they were at the beginning, but. Right. Uh, she was awesome. You know, I, I just found the whole, uh, the professionalism right from the calling health links to going to the, to the place and then going in and having to get into results back and all that. I just found it was, um, yeah, it was really well done. I was um, happy to participate sort of. <laughs> 
Well, unlike uh, unlike a lot of the uh, unlike a lot of the vehicles, Steve, that pull into that lot, I'm just glad that they didn't decide that you're a write-off. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty that's that's pretty impressive. Two days turnaround time for results. That is something that's that's definitely improved. Uh, I have a, a a good friend. He got tested like eight weeks ago, back when this was all just kind of starting. He had actually been traveling overseas and had a couple symptoms. He ended up being negative as well. He had to wait about a week for his results, and he got his test. He he knew nothing about what the test was like, and he said the woman just absolutely ran this thing up like he said, pretty much tickling his brain. Uh, and yeah, he said it was one of the most unpleasant things he's done. If he had maybe known what was coming, he might have been able to brace himself a bit. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maybe they made a little. I, I think little... they probably. Yeah, I think they probably improved. And, and frankly, you know, I, um, there are better nurses at taking your blood. You know what I mean? When you give blood, like some are just like, oh my God, settle down there, girl. Right. <laughs> I shouldn't say girl because there's male nurses that do it now too. Um, but um, you know, it's like so the bedside bedside manners, that what it's called for. Yeah, for sure. In any ways, was terrific. Anyways, I so. am. Uh... I am absolutely petrified of getting my blood done. Uh, just a quick aside here. But there is one particular person at the doctor's office I go to that she's amazing. And I actually asked for her when I do have to get blood done. If she's not in, I won't get my blood done that day because I, she's just terrific. She also knows how skittish I can be. She's like, what do you do? The, ones, the first you know, time I got blood taken, I asked her if she could just punch me in the face and draw blood that way, that I would actually prefer that. Um, she said as much as she would like to be able to do that, she can't. Does she know uh, you? <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't know me at all. <laughs> Are you suggesting there's a long list of people who would enjoy I, I, You know, you just let you, you, you I did. Laid it there, Mike, and I couldn't help but take a swing at it. Um, so, like, <laughs> do you just not like the needle? Are you squeamish about the blood? Like, what is it? Yeah, the needle, I, clearly, I don't care about the needle. It's not the pain. I have this aversion to, like, veins. I can't even check my own pulse without almost passing out. Like, just feeling my own pulse, it repulses me. So I actually have to lay down. They have to take me into a room. I lay down on a bed to get my blood done. I can't even sit up because I'll probably just fall over if, if I have to do it that way. Just look away. <laughs> I do. I look, I try everything. I sing in my head. I I get people, I get them to tell me stories or I talk nonsense. I still, I absolutely hate it. I will like not sleep the night before I have to get blood done because I panic about it. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It really is. Well, um, well, you know, people, you know, I, I'm not crazy about heights and uh, we, all, we all, I mean, not we all, I speak for myself. I mean, the phobias are... Just sure. one of those things, you know. So, um, yeah, interesting. Um, what's going on? You watching anything decent on television? So I finished Homeland season eight, the final season, the other night. It's it was amazing. I, I'd say again. I know you haven't watched Homeland, Steve. For those who have, uh, the first two seasons of Homeland were unbelievable television. Like a lot of shows, it started to tail off as the seasons went on. I stuck with it. I know a lot of people didn't. Season 8 was right up there as among the best ever, and what a great ending. I won't give any of it away, of course. 
Uh, but it was terrific. Claire Danes, Mandy Patinkin. Uh, I loved it. Loved every second. So, uh, so that's done. I am going to start the Jordan documentary uh, later this week. I have not watched any of it yet. My son has been. He raves about it. I know you have as well. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. What are they, six episodes in now, I think, to it? Uh, I'm not sure. I just watched the fourth episode the other day, or uh, maybe the fifth. Um, yes, yeah, but, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I got recommended a show um, by our ex-sports columnist, Paul Wiesick. Yeah. Um, I started watching a show this past week, I guess. It's called um, Brockmire. Have you heard of this one? I have heard of it. I've seen the commercials. It's comedy, right? It's a, yeah, it's a sitcom. I'm a big sitcom fan, Mike. I, I've always enjoyed um, the sitcoms. They, they would be my favorite yeah. uh, shows for sure. And so it stars Hank Azaria, and uh, he plays a baseball commentator and um, who has a major league meltdown in the first episode um, over his uh, wife having an affair. I won't get into all the details. And then... Um, ends up in the minor leagues in Morristown, Pennsylvania, and he's trying to make a comeback. He's uh, he's invited back to be the PA announcer but for this minor league team. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. He's quite the character. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a Hank Azaria fan and the different shows. But yeah, uh, there's lots of really good uh, baseball in it and Amanda Peets in it, so you can't go wrong. <laughs> on speaking of sitcoms, uh, Seinfeld, which of course might just be the the best of all time. I don't know if you would agree with that. I I watch I'll watch a Seinfeld rerun any day of the week, any hour. But uh, my wife and I we actually just watched Jerry Seinfeld's latest comedy special. I think it's called it's like Twenty Three Hours to Kill. I believe is yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly so what it's called. Yeah, yeah. So we watched that the other night. Uh, very funny, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, one of uh, one of you know one of the, the great comedians, of course, um, and uh, another show. Steve, have you ever watched Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah, I've watched every episode. Oh, do you love it? Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, so I'm I'm late to the Brooklyn Nine Nine game. My daughter has been; she's 15. She loves it, and so I've started watching some of that as well. Um, oh, it's hilarious! It's so it funny. is. Yeah, dry. You know, I tend to like comedies. I don't know about you that don't have the built-in. Like, I find comedies now when they have the built-in laugh track are off-putting. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Don't all of them have that? Most don't now. Like, like don't have. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine doesn't have a laugh track. I can't. I don't really remember now. That's funny. That you have you watched any of these Saturday Night Live skits with no, we have, yeah, we no laugh? I mean. They are like like a lot of Saturday Night Live. There's a lot of mess. Uh, oh my God! Some... Brad Pitt doing Fauci was just oh boy, that was terrific. <laughs> Did you see uh, this past weekend? What about this skit about the children being allowed to drink? Did you see that one? No, I didn't. No, no. It was it was like the children of all these. It was like a like a music number, basically about that children should be allowed to drink alcohol in this pandemic. And it was one of those, I can't believe they're doing this, but it's it's sort of shocking and kind of funny and catchy at the same time. But yeah, Brad Pitt as Fauci was, uh, which is funny because he actually had said days earlier, Fauci, that if there were a movie, he'd want Pitt to play him. And then lo and behold, Brad Pitt is, is playing him. But uh, 
I think they're done for the year now, not until the fall, and who knows what the show will look like when it comes back. But, yeah, lots of good distractions out there for sure, and some nice weather on the way this weekend, Steve. I think like 25 and sunny on Sunday. Great weather to stay home and do nothing. Okay, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Center podcast. Uh, Mike, um, I guess uh, another anniversary for you this week. I think your wedding anniversary was last week, and I can't keep track of all these anniversaries, <laughs> frankly, but 25 years in the business tomorrow, is that the story? It is, yeah. So my um, writing a column about it today, my mom actually dug up a couple of binders that back when I was just starting, she used to clip all my stories. Um, and so she delivered a couple of dusty old binders that she found in her basement recently, and they have all my first stories that I did. And it's kind of funny. I, I honestly had forgot. I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what was my first story. I mean, I have some vague memories of 1995 and what I wrote, but nothing too specific. But lo and behold, Steve, my very, very first published story as a, as a full-time writer in the city was about the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, it, it was covering a Save the Jets rally back in May of 1995. Uh, you'll recall, of course, there was talk the Jets might be done that year. They ended up coming back for one more kind of lame duck season. Uh, and so I guess the Jets were, in fact, saved for another 12 months. But kind of funny. I mean, I got into the business wanting to be in sports. I, I actually did my first work placement with uh, at CKND with Darren Millard and Gene Principe, the old sports line radio or television show on CKND. Uh, I got hired uh, in by the Winnipeg Sun, moved over to the Free Press a couple years later. But I actually got into crime writing, not sports writing, until, of course, a few years ago. But I found it funny that my first ever story was actually a story about sports and the Jets. I have my very first uh, clipping from my very first story in Winnipeg Free Press in my hand here right now. Wow. Uh, I have an envelope here that says Steve Lyons Bylines 1987. And um, we used to keep, there used to be librarians that would cut out every single story and then they would file it under your name um, in the library. And um, and so I have a bunch of these envelopes that have old clipping from the newspaper. And so this is March 3rd, 1987. And it says, by Steve Lyons, exciting. If professional basketball eventually makes an appearance in Winnipeg, it's not likely Sam Cates will be involved. My story was with Sam. I did. A, he was at the time the um, owner of Madison Entertainment, and um, Cates, who had sponsored Madison, was entered the Golden Boys in the fledgling International Basketball Association. I said he'd waited long enough, and that they were not interested in bringing basketball back. Eventually, basketball did come back, but I'm not sure Sam was involved, was he? No, I don't think so. Uh, but I can't believe you just mentioned that because as I read my first story, guess whose name also makes an appearance in my first story, May of 1995? Yes, Sam Cates is quoted in my story. So you and I, Steve. Shocking. Uh, yeah. Sam had to pimp himself in the newspaper, Mike. He sure uh, did. He was never he, spurred on uh, getting himself into the newspaper. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I... I went way back with him um, 
way before he was mayor, of course, and way before he was owner of Winnipeg Gold Ice, he um, he actually got me to, as night on entertainment. He would actually every once in a while, be, you'd be able to call Sam, and he would get you tickets to concerts. Right. Yeah. Did you ever? Uh, were you like a Sunfest guy? Did you ever go to Sunfest? I went to the very first Sunfest. Um, it was uh, the headliners. Were, was Blue Rodeo, and they, there was this new band that was also on the bill, and their name was the Tragically Hip. Wow. And yeah, and it was the, it was the very first Sunfest, and um, and I remember just being blown away by Gordy Downey, and there was like, you know, nobody really knew who they were, were at that time, or whatever. I was a huge Blue Rodeo fan, and so uh, I went for that reason, but then as we know, the Tragically Hip went on to be have a pretty good career for themselves also. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah, Sam Cates, Sam Cates has had his hands in a lot of ventures, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, um, I'm, also, I'm, I'm a fan of Sam. He's been a good guy over the years, you know, in my opinion. Um, lots of people might not have liked him as a mayor, but as a businessman, I didn't mind him in the community. He's been a good guy. Um, so, um, Mike, uh, let's uh, do this again next week. I'll be on vacation next week. Yes. So I'm working next Wednesday at 12.30. I will stop and do this podcast with you. I'm hoping that we'll be on a bicycle sitting in the park somewhere in a <laughs> sunny afternoon, and I'll stop and do this podcast with you. How's that? And then I'll, and then I'll return the favor one week later because then I'll be on holidays uh, for a week as well. So... Um, yeah, look forward to it. Stephen, we might have some we might have some more sports news to talk about by then. We shall see. Enjoy the long weekend, folks. Like Mike said, it's going to be a beautiful long weekend, so get up there and enjoy it. Take care. Stay safe.